This is the Pop Tournaments podcast. In Pop Tournaments, we take a category of pop culture and let you, the fans, vote on matchups in a single elimination tournament format to determine an ultimate champion. We are here to discuss those results and the upcoming matchups. Thanks to our great community and everybody who votes, let's start the show. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Pop Tournaments Podcast. This is episode 183, coming to you on December 20th, 2023. Happy birthday. Happy 75th birthday to Mr. Alan Parsons. Oh, hell yeah. Just him, though, not his project. (laughs) So, uh, you know... Personally, my favorite Alan Parsons uh, production, Serious. I was just listening to the introduction of the 1997 Chicago Bulls the other day. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> but did you know he was um, he was an engineer on Abbey Road and Dark Side of the Moon? I knew he was an engineer on Dark Side. I did not know uh, Abbey Road. I actually don't really... Th- that's kind of like... I got one of their albums mm-hmm. once upon a time. Uh, I think probably from the library and like dubbed sure. it onto a onto a CDR. Yeah. Um, but I remember not really loving it. It was at a point <laughs> in my life where I was listening to a lot of prog rock, and you know, I saw I saw them mentioned as like somebody who falls into that genre, um, <laughs> and I thought it was I, but. But yeah, pretty much the only thing I really know about him is that he was involved with Darkseid. Um, well, I'll tell you what, if they ever make an Alan Parsons biopic, uh, after after having seen some pictures today, Matt Berry could definitely play Alan Parsons. <laughs> Matt Berry, the... Uh, of Laszlo the Cravensworth. Or the... <laughs> <laughs> the fantasy football analyst. <laughs> no, Matt Barry, the actor. <laughs> uh, that would be hilarious if you're like, Matt Barry would crush this role in his acting debut. Actually, it's going to be like that uh, Bob Dylan biopic where they had like 14 different people play Bob Dylan, but yeah. only people named Matt Barry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely the kid who uh, I went to eighth grade with and used to huff glue. Um, he would be great in this, I assume. Uh, speaking of huffing glue, it is Jonah Hill's 40th birthday today. Ah, happy birthday. Love Jonah Hill. Uh, well, so supposedly, this is according to the rap back in May of 2020, um, he has sworn on film more times than any other actor. No kidding. That's wild. No kidding. I can't believe that, like, Richard Pryor doesn't hold that or something, or Eddie Murphy. (laughs) well, I was going to say, so the, the title of the article, uh, and celebrating a birthday tomorrow, Jonah Hill overtakes Samuel L. Jackson as most swears on, on television. Huh, that's why. Or on, on film, excuse me, not yeah, television. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, 75 tomorrow, a, a day younger than Alan Parsons. Wow. You, you that, know who that's else? wild. I mean, I, I, I don't know anything about Alan Parsons, really. So it's <laughs> tough to uh, be super shocked by that. 
But <laughs> that that's surprising. If you would have asked me, I would have never guessed that Samuel Jackson is that old. Seven. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you what. Nick Fury is 72 tomorrow. It keeps happening. Happy birthday, Nick Fury. <laughs> How does this keep happening? <laughs> I'm going to have to compose a list and see if there's like some sort of connection between all of these. I mean, yeah. This, this, it, this is getting weird. Yeah. I think, I think we need to get to the bottom of this. Uh, and our, our sweet baby Ray's birthday of the week, yesterday, December 19th, a very happy birthday to Mean Gene Okerlund. Oh hell yes, he passed. Let me tell you. Yes, right? yeah. Mean Gene uh, passed in, in twenty nineteen. See, he keeps rhyming even mm-hmm. even after death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, born in South Dakota, right? Born and raised in South Dakota. Um, in 1962, he had a band, Gene Carroll and the Shades. Cool. Looked him up. Looked him up on YouTube. Sounds like some music we would have covered back in the day. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Much like uh, Cowboys to Girls, but yeah. um, no, he was the program director at Get This KDWB. No shit. Mean Gene. Wow. Mean Happy. Gene and Dave Ryan in the morning. <laughs> oh, I would have. That that's the only morning show I need. <laughs> well, we are off to a smashing start here. We have Ryan Barrett. What's happening, everybody? And I am Jake. Hope everyone is doing well. Ryan, how has the last week been? Um, it's been really good. Um, yeah. Pretty di- didn't really catch a ton of content this week. Um, getting Busy catching you know, Pokemon. Uh, yeah, all, all of uh, my all of the shows I kind of watch from week to week. Yep. Um, Survivor and uh, Amazing Race and Ink Master. Uh, they they're all like wrapping up right now. So, uh, Amazing Race ended last week, and then Survivor and Ink Master ended last night, but I haven't been able to watch them yet. For for a second there, I thought it sounded like you were going to say, all of the shows I watched week to week survived another week of elimination. <laughs> <laughs> I've been narrowing down the shows I watch from yeah. week to week. <laughs> Soon there um, will be only one. <laughs> I, I also, um, you know, I've kind of discovered the nature docu-series uh, mm. genre over yeah. the last few months. Um, yes, you have. I started a really good one la- mm. uh, a few nights ago on Netflix called Chimp Empire. Okay. Have you heard about this? Uh, no, but I'm really upset that they didn't just call it Chimpire. Yeah. Um, it's hosted by, or narrated by Mahershala Ali. Got it. Um, and it's made by the guy who made My Octopus Teacher. Uh-oh. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Because he, de- he definitely let that octopus touch him. So yeah, I'm yeah. worried what's happening with the chimps. <laughs> Huge perv. Um, but, no, really, really good. I mean, the they really do a great job of, like, creating a narrative, and they stay kind of with the same group. And, yeah, really cool. I will also say, I never would have guessed this, but uh, Baby Chimp... Uh, barfing 
<laughs> Probably the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> He's just sitting there with barf like dribbling down his face, and I'm like, "Oh my god, that's so cute." I, I could just I could just see you. I mean, I know you don't work in an office, but I'm just gonna say I could see you at work going, "Hey guys, can I show you a cute video?" <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Later that day in HR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, but yeah. The, oh, oh, in the the new SNL Christmas SNL. Yes. Great. Um, well, I don't know about great, but yeah, I was a good. little let down. Yeah, yeah. I, I that yeah, I have that on my list too. I, I just, you know, I, I, it's gotten back to the point I think where like. I'm excited to talk about it on Monday. Like, remember going, you know, going to school on Monday morning, being like, "Oh, I can't wait to talk to my friends about the latest SNL." And mm-hmm. now we have the stupid internet. Yeah, it ruins everything. <laughs> but no, like it is, it is fun to talk about. Uh, what did you, uh, what did you think of the uh, Che and Jost uh, joke exchange? <laughs> One of the funniest things of the season, always. Like every year, it's perfect. Right. But this year, I thought it was as good as it's ever been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's, funny. there's, there's rumors that this was their last show, oh, and God, that it will I hope be. Not. No, uh, that the replacements are uh, Bo and Yang and Ego Wodum. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, it, so I I can understand the reasoning because they they do some of the best correspondent pieces, you know, mm-hmm. time after time. They're, they're they're really good at it. But um, yeah, there there's a few I wouldn't I, I wouldn't mind in that spot. But yeah, I would be sad to see them go. Yeah, uh, speaking, I, oh, I did love the. Uh... Ego Wodum character on Weekend Update this mm-hmm. week. I thought it was a great, great addition. The childless aunt. Yeah. Yeah, and, and perfectly played. Um, speaking of finales, um, and, and I know we just got done uh, talking about our cartoon tournament, or, or we're about to, but um, the Archer series finale uh, aired. And, uh, you know, a lot of shows, we talk about this all the time, about how, how shows struggle to wrap things up. I know you're not a huge fan of Archer, but wow, did they do a very good job of making it a, a, a complete series and kind of, uh, uh, you know, ending the series as it should without, like, anything, you know, silly or weird. So. Nice. Um, and, and finally, finally got around to seeing the Barbie movie. Oh, nice. What'd you think? Uh, absolutely. 100%. Loved this movie. <laughs> yeah, me on the edge of my seat. <laughs> and that was a long pause just for Matt. I yeah, know yeah. how I know how much he loves dead air. So, um, no, th- I, I think I might have liked it more than you did. I mean, I what? remember you saying you enjoyed it quite a bit, but oh man, I mean, I laughed, I cried, I shit my pants. <laughs> I did have food poisoning last week, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, I yeah, I can't. As of right now, I can't say enough good things uh, about this movie. Nice. I, I I really enjoyed it, and and I really hate the haters that hate it. So. Yeah. Screw off, haters. <laughs> um, this one goes out to the haters. <laughs> also, my, you know, speaking. My, my only known allergy. 
<laughs> I always the say that. A- anytime a doctor asks me, they go, any known allergies? And I say, only haters. <laughs> the only one I've been tested for. <laughs> um, speaking of our animated or gro- grown-up cartoons tournament, uh, congratulations to The Simpsons winning over Bob's Burgers 37-26. to 26. We kind of saw this coming, but uh, it was close there for a while with Bob's Burgers. And uh, uh, interesting, I, I, I think I mentioned this in the in the write up on that championship. Um, so both of these shows, they've been nominated for uh, outstanding animated program ninety percent of their seasons, or over wow. ninety. Uh, Simpsons thirty one of thirty four, Bob's Burgers thirteen of fourteen. Wow. That's that's pretty ridiculous. I if I do say so myself. Yeah, Ripkin esque. <laughs> Hence how I got food poisoning. <laughs> Anyways, um, real quick, uh, we do a one semifinal is set in our toy tournament. It is going to be the etch a sketch up against the Viewmaster. Nice. What do you think? Uh, you know, I, I'm, you leaning? I, I'm leaning Viewmaster. I mean, that's Ooh. that's my guy in this tourney. So um, do I think it's going to win? Probably not. But I hope so. You know, they had no mention on the Wikipedia page of uh, uh, pornographic Viewmasters, which I have a feeling were very popular back in the day. Yeah, I, I have no idea, but it seemed like, you know, I, I think that it would uh, still hold up today. I mean, especially with 3D. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I apologize. Let's get into our brand new, exciting, oh, so exciting tournament. How excited are you about this tournament? On a scale of 1 to 10? Yeah. I'd say like a 7 and a half. Ooh, ooh, spicy take. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm very excited for this. I'd give this like an 11. Mm. The Spinal Tap Special. Yes, the Spinal Tap Special. Indeed, indeed. Uh, We are going to be talking about our favorite and most remembered albums of 1994 as we about we're about to cross into 2024 so celebrating some 30th anniversaries here um yeah this one it wasn't too hard to parse down yeah i agree if i i feel like if we wanted to get really in depth and be super music nerds i i we probably could have gone to like 40 yeah. But I think 32 is about is about the right number here. Yeah, me Obviously, too. Obviously, there's... I think there's probably like 20... I think there's probably like 24 great albums of this year and 10 that are... Or 8 that are good enough to make the tournament, you know? Be talked about. So, yeah, yeah. I think, well, I think that, 32 is perfect. So we're going to we're gonna start, start with the first four matchups today and... Um, I know, I know you can see it right in front of you, but I, uh, our very first matchup today, I, I, I did not do this on purpose. This was all completely random. So both of these albums were uh, definitely breakout hits uh, mm-hmm. for these artists. 
both these uh, albums feature musicians that, uh, how you might say, are a little larger than life. <laughs> yeah. And very, very char- charismatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and musicians that can definitely uh, spit words really, really fast. Yeah. I'll tell you another thing about both of these albums, Ryan. Both of these albums went platinum six times. Wow. And one more thing. Again, did not plan this. Both of these albums were released on September 13th, 1994. No kidding. That's wild. No shit. So starting out here, we have Ready to Die by the Notorious B.I.G. going up against four from Blues Traveler. Ready to Die, the debut album from uh, from Biggie for the fourth album from Blues Traveler, but um, had but not But the first it. in our hearts. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ready to Die peaked at number 15 on the Billboard 200, Blue, or four, uh, peaked at number eight. Obviously, you got the uh, big songs Juicy and Big Papa, from Ready to Die. And strangely enough, we're going to switch over to John Papa. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I can't believe... I, I I bet dollars to donuts they've covered Big Papa. <laughs> say Papa. He says, I love it when you call me John Papa. <laughs> and then he plays uh, the harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> well, and featured the big hits uh, Run Around and Hook. Funny thing, I didn't know, uh, appearing on the uh, Blues Traveler uh, 4, the Blues Traveler album, uh, appearances from Warren Haynes and Paul Schaefer. Yes, that Paul Schaefer. Hmm. So, um, I I know where you're going with this. But overall, after everything I've said, is this not just an interesting matchup here? Oh, 100%. I definitely (laughs) think it's an interesting matchup. And, like, you know... um, I think it'll be easy, an easy win for Ready to Die. Um, I mean, I think it, it should be. I think that's appropriate. But I'm happy that Four is in this tournament. I think they definitely deserve to be here. And it was, I mean, I don't want to go as far as to say it was revolutionary at the time, but like, there for definitely wasn't was. really anything like that. Um, and I don't know if there really has been, well, I was going to say much like it since, but I feel like there were, in the 90s, there were a lot of people that came after them. There were, you know, the kind of the city's 97 yeah. uh, pop rockers, like Delamitri and, uh, <laughs> God, I, I can't, the Rembrandts, maybe? Uh, uh, it, it, it was early indie pop. I mean, because it was definitely like an indie style of music, yeah, and, you, but it was very poppy. You know, it was, no pun intended. Big Poppy. <laughs> or John Poppy. <laughs> um, so. So this is our David Ortiz matchup. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I I think that, uh, oh, I, I know what I was going to say. Did you know that the, are you familiar with the Horde tour? No. Uh, so it's. H O R D E Horde Tour. Um, It was in probably like '94, I'm guessing. Um, But like an alt pop, alt rock. uh, 
I'll tell you, the headliners were mm-hmm. Blues Traveler, um, Spin Doctors, Ooh. and Fish. Ooh. Because Fish, Fish was, was just kind of coming up, and I think people, you know, they were, like, releasing weird music videos and stuff. They didn't really, you know, have a genre, so I think they kind of just fit, fit best with uh, these other bands. Well, and that's another thing, like, uh, Blues Traveler was on that kind of, like, poppy end of the jam band scene also. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, great, great band. Um, And, you know, John Popper, as much as we like to make fun of him, I mean, amazing harmonica player. And he has a bandolier of harmonicas, much like uh, Chewbacca. (laughs) And, I mean, how... Just that alone is like so badass. Uh, very, very much so. But um, here, now I, I'll pose another question to you. If not for Ready to Die, would Bad Boy Records have even gotten off the ground? Because this album actually started being recorded while um, uh, Puff Daddy was working with his previous, like he got fired from this, his previous record company, and that's why he started Bad Boy Records. And this was kind of the the album that made them money, let's say. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, I would say probably not. And I, yeah. I honestly think it was kind of lucky because, like, I remember when Juicy came out mm-hmm. and it was like, as somebody who was really into hip-hop, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. But it was definitely, like, a hip-hop hit that kind of bubbled under the surface of, you know, the mm-hmm. the pop landscape. I don't think anybody yeah. on a large scale was like, oh my God, who's this new guy, Notorious B.I.G.? Have you heard this song, Juicy? Like, people were not talking about it like that. It wasn't until Big Papa came out mm-hmm. that it, like, blew up, you know, MTV and, like, you know, the, the Revitalized the, the East Coast hip-hop scene. Oh, I mean, 100%. The, you know. And, and I mean, I, I do think that Juicy is Notorious B.I.G.'s legacy song now. Yeah. You know, I, I think if you were to look up uh, Spotify, I wouldn't be surprised if Juicy was the number one most streamed Biggie song. But yeah, I thought it was interesting that it didn't really start that way. It was kind of post, I would say posthumously, uh, <laughs> became like his biggest hit sort of. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, uh, and again, this is, uh, so this is our number one seed, but uh, this is a this is a stacked tournament, so, uh, you know, I, I think this goes far, but it is not an automatic to, to go all the way yep. uh, by, by any means. And, and we can, you know, we'll touch on this uh, throughout uh, the next few episodes, uh, you know, as we talk about, but I do have to ask, so w- where were you in 94? What, w- what was going on with RTB in 94? 94 let's see i would have been in like seventh and eighth grade yeah um and you know seventh grade was a tough year for me i just moved to egan from minneapolis kind of midway through the school year and it was tough kind of yeah getting in just because the culture there was so different from minneapolis yeah but um, you know, pretty much still, I, I remember I was listening to KDWB at that point still, 
But yep. I was listening to, as far as like what I was buying, I'd say it was still mostly hip hop. Um, eighth grade, though, was one of my favorite years ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like got in with this new group of friends who was really cool. And um, yeah, I feel like I was kind of part of the popular group in eighth grade, sort of. <laughs> um, the the alt popular group. Um, the pre I started the a corporate pre, theft ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was like the pre stoner group, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, eighth grade was great. Again, listened to mostly hip hop, but it was such a huge year for grunge too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, I well I did I Friday. Was still... Did Friday come out that year? I think it did in ninety four. <laughs> I remember no. that being like uh, we the, went over this uh, a couple of months ago in the R-rated movie tournament. Friday was a lot lo- older or later than we we all remember. Oh really? Clerk, Clerks what came out in '94. Friday came out in what 2007? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, in '94, I was still reeling over the baseball strike. I mean, I just that that really. Ops. Uh, affected me yeah you were um, a big expos fan so that really <laughs> i was a saved. huge expos fan <laughs> yeah. and that was their year that was yeah. their year yeah um no it, it, it that's that's kind of what's fun about going back with some of these albums is i i definitely was not as culturally with it you know obviously like you know you say seventh and eighth grade that's when a lot of people you know found hip-hop found grunge and like really started to develop their own personalities i was a little behind on that because i had a sister that was six years older who was completely and only into like you said kdwb and like pop music and it's funny after doing this list i had to go back i'm like are we missing like some pop albums or some country albums because that's what i was listening to at the time and there's albums I remember, but definitely not big enough to like make this list. Yeah, you know, like the the, the biggest country album of '94 was the Garth Brooks Greatest Hits album. We're not oh, gonna yeah. put a greatest, you know, <laughs> a great album. <laughs> All right, so moving on in this tournament, and um, yes, it'll also be fun to kind of uh, a lot of this music also relates to sports for me at this time uh not not necessarily as the next matchup but some other albums coming up so uh we have live through this the second album from hole released in april of 94 uh going up against park life blur's third album also released in april so uh, close just a couple weeks apart these albums were released um Live through this uh, a lot less hardcore and more melodic than uh, Hole's first album. Um, the title is a quote uh, from Gone with the Wind, um, but took on a new meaning with uh, uh, Kurt Cobain's passing one week before the release of the album, which uh, it seemed like a lot of weird stuff like that happened in, in 94. Uh, but like Park Life uh, from Blur, that was kind of that that beginning of the the brit pop revival mm-hmm. you know uh and there's another album coming up that we'll talk about that definitely yeah. involves that um but had the hits you know girls and boys the the uh titular song park life sold two million copies across europe but really didn't have uh much going on in the u.s are you familiar with these albums 
Sort of. Um, sort of. No. I, I've heard Park Life before, like sure. front to back. Um, mm. I don't know it. Like it didn't really resonate with me when I uh, when I first heard the album or when I bought the album or rented it from the library. Perhaps <laughs> um, it didn't really like make a huge impact on me. I do love girls and boys, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Um, girls like and boys. I. I remember when that song came out and being like, I feel kind of weird as a hip hop guy because this song <laughs> is so like weird, but I kind of love it. Um, I definitely was very much not into Hole. Um, mm-hmm. It was like not my scene at all. And yeah, you know, I, I remember just kind of being out of that whole movement However, um, now listening to those whole hits, um, I think they're pretty banging. So I I don't know. I think I'm leaning Park Life just because um, it it had such a cool story behind it um, Mm -hmm. as far as these two bands going back and forth and kind of trying to one up each other. and. I mean, this was the big, uh, the, I, I think in the UK, Park Life kind of won over its, uh, you know, rival album, which we'll be talking about next. Unfortunately, it will get dealt a crushing blow next album around. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it, it, it was, uh, at the time, it was one of the fastest selling in the UK, but uh, only uh, two million copies uh, across Europe. It's really interesting. I, I listened to a podcast about this, and um, yeah, they were like, so we're talking about Oasis. That's the yes. other band. Um, of course. But people were in so much fervor in the UK about this like Britpop movement and these two bands were like the saviors of Britpop <laughs> and they were so huge in the UK. And it was kind of like blur was saying like our new album park life comes out this week. We want to beat Oasis. So if you like us go out on the opening day and buy this album and it like broke a record or something like they sold a shitload of albums on the first day. Not only that, um, what is his name? Uh, David Albon. Uh, Damon. Damon Albar. Damon. Damon Albar. Uh, in an interview right before their first album came out, he said, "By our third album, I want to be the number one selling artist in the UK." Like wow. it was, it was something like he literally kind of like planned. Um, so, uh, funny thing, just having, you know, looking up the history of live through this, um, it almost, it almost sounds like a movie trailer. Um, when yeah. I, when I, when I read this, uh, from the studio that brought, that brought you, you <laughs> that brought you Siamese daydream <laughs> and the producers of Pablo honey, <laughs> that's hilarious comes live through this. <laughs> But doesn't that? But it, it's all true. It, they yep. recorded in the same studio as Siamese Daydream as a recommendation from Billy Corgan, and they loved Pablo Honey so much that they went out and got the producers of Pablo Honey. So nice. Yeah. No, I think 
I think this one's close, though. I, I think you got, I think you got some strong defenders on, on both sides in, I, in this matchup. So I think Hole has to be kind of the favorite here, but I'm curious mm. to see how many people come out for Blur because they were, yeah. you know, I think a little more weird than Hole. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know. I saw Hole once. Oh yeah. Did not enjoy. In, in the oh mirror? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got, got out of the shower, shower, turned around, bent over, <laughs> looked through my legs. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, you saw a hole once. Uh, they they were playing a outdoor festival and they had a daytime slot and Courtney Love was not happy with that. So, um, yeah, no, the did, show was what it was. Did you hear, by the way, that the uh, organizers of the Lollapalooza Festival are starting a new music festival here in Minneapolis. Oh, geez, this again? Like, music festivals just don't work in Minneapolis. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're, they're returning to Harriet Island, where they've oh, done a no. lot of those big, big all-day shows and stuff. So. Yeah. B- been to one of those. It just doesn't work. Yeah. River's Curious. Edge Fest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Let's jump into our other two matchups. So, uh, as you kind of already alluded to, we have definitely maybe from Oasis going up against Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain from Pavement. Uh, that was released on Valentine's Day of 94. What a what a nice little, you know, album to to give your sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain. No, uh, definitely maybe released um, in August of 94, so a good few months after that uh, Blur album. Oasis's debut. It was the fastest-selling debut in UK history. Um, it was very kind of optimistic. Went against the the grunge movement of the time. Went eight times platinum just in the UK. Eight and a half million copies worldwide. You got Live Forever, Supersonic, Shaker Maker. Huge, huge album. But. Let's not forget about Pavement, their second studio album. A little bit more accessible, you know, rock sound, vibrant, dynamic, emotionally resonant. Didn't have a a huge, uh, you know, chart impact, uh, but had the hit Cut Your Hair. Mm -hmm. Do you know where else we know Cut Your Hair from? Mm, Where? It's the the intro music and outro music on Pardon the Interruption on ESPN. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Ooh, 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 Yeah, Oasis doesn't have any intro or outro music on ESPN, so. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, went to number one, obviously, debuted at number one in the U.K., Uh, only went to number 58 on the Billboard 200 in the U.S., you know, we were already kind of talking about this. So, does does Pavement have a chance here? I don't think so, um, but I don't know. But I mean, but respect to that album, it's a good album. Uh, their Pavement's one of my favorite bands, and I would say this is definitely not one of their like greatest albums. Hmm. But um, it definitely R- broke them, kind of. I out of the super indie circuit and into like the alternative radio circuit. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I, I love the hits on this album. I mean, I think there's a great album, honestly. Um, I do too. And 
uh, Range Life. Such a great song. Um, also a minor hit, but they call out much in an Oasis blur fashion. It's like a diss track where they Stone Temple Pilots. They call out uh, Stone Temple Pilots and um, Smashing Pumpkins (laughs) by name in this song, which is fucking amazing for a rock song. Uh, The only other band I can think of who ever did that uh, was... The new radicals. <laughs> <laughs> Diss tracks not limited to hip hop anymore. No, no. <laughs> um, but definitely, maybe um, is my hot take answer to who's your favorite Arrested Development character? <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! And this is the only this is the only band I want to run into in a desert. <laughs> yeah. Um, funny. Ah, um, um, but yeah, yeah I mean, is... I, I, I have much less experience with Oasis. I've honestly never liked Oasis. Oof. Um, they, there's a couple of their songs. I mean, I think like Champagne Super, they, I think some of their later stuff I like a little bit, or the stuff from the next album. Um, you know, Wonderwall is undeniable. Um, it's just a few it... songs, but more or less, I just think they're like, I, I don't like them, period. I don't like their whole image, and yeah. Well, and that was kind of, that was kind of the thing when when because they were already a band, and then Liam asked Noel to join, and when he asked him, he's like, "I'll join, but uh, one, I have complete control, and two, we're going to do everything in our power to become the most famous band that has ever been." Wow. It, and it's it's funny how immediately like like the critics were just all over themselves for this band, and I could you know going back and re-listening, trying to put myself in back into nineteen ninety four, but as an adult, like mm. it was you you were listening to this music and going, oh my god, is this the second coming of the Beatles? Because it was mm. just. It was so pop, much it was like poppy, the but unique. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that was the thing. Like it was, it was so much like the Beatles in like how poppy it was, but also it wasn't strictly poppy. It was like inventive and unique and different. So I don't know. I I, I honestly I think this has a chance to go very far in this. Journey. Wow, interesting. This, I'll be curious. Th- I. I would put definitely maybe as probably the the number two in this quadrant, the 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 one that maybe has the best chance of uh, possibly upsetting Ready to Die. Mm-hmm. Um, but ho- oh, go ahead. I I hope that someday they do release another album called Maybe George Michael, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Buster. Oh. That would be. Great. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Uh, all right, last matchup we're going to talk about today. Uh, before I say, but before I say what the albums are, I want to I want to ask you between these two albums. Let's add these two albums together. How many copies of these two albums combined do you think have been sold? It, it, just give me like a like a Prices Right bid. Uh, I mean, I don't. I really don't have any idea. I I don't know like. For an alternative album, what a lot of albums is even. So I, I would say 
I'll just go by platinum. I would say they both went two times platinum. Oh, at least. At least. So uh, we have the, the debut album from Weezer titled Weezer, also known as the Blue Album, going up against No Need to Argue, the second album from Irish alternative rock band The Cranberries. So Weezer sold 15 million worldwide. No Need to Argue sold 17 million worldwide, combined 32 million copies worldwide from these two albums. Some would argue and say this should not be a first-round matchup. These are too big. But I don't care. This is how it happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) The Blue Album, uh, produced by Rick Ocasek of The Cars. Uh, It is the band's best-selling album of all time. They never got any better than this. We kind of talked about their sophomore release in a previous uh, album tournament. Uh, But this gave us the songs Undone, the sweater song, uh, Buddy Holly, Say It Ain't So, My Name Is Jonas. Uh, the sweater song, uh, that was uh, one of Spike Jones's earliest video directorial performances. Hmm. Might have been his debut. I don't remember. But no need to argue. Uh, definitely much darker uh, than uh, the Cranberries' debut album. Let me give you this title, and I'm so glad we don't have this title <laughs> in the tournament because I could, I, I would not be able to fit it on the bracket. <laughs> Everybody else is doing it, so why can't we? <laughs> <laughs> but um, in the first six months alone, No Need to Argue sold 5.1 million copies. Wow. Obviously the biggest hit, Zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, all the songs uh, written and uh, sung by Dolores O'Riordan, who unfortunately no longer with us. But uh, th- I know you're not bunch much into the alt alternative rock scene or that that early '90s alternative rock. But this this is a tough one here. It is, and I I will say first and foremost, I I know I've talked about this in the past that you know I was so into hip hop that I would never buy rock CDs. Mm -hmm. But if there were ever a a rock album that came out that I really liked, I would buy it on cassette. Because it's a little cheaper, and, you know, I knew I wasn't going to... It wasn't going to be part of my collection, quote-unquote. I bought the Blue Album on cassette. So that that was one of those that kind of... And I think it was Buddy Holly that really sold it for me. I love that song so much. I still do. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, great album. I kind of give it the edge here, even though if you were to ask me Weezer versus Cranberries, I would definitely pick Cranberries. Sure, sure, Um, sure. And I, I just, for me, linger is like a masterpiece of a song. And um, I I think they have a few. I'm not a huge zombie fan. Um, mm-hmm. I do love the song Ode to My Family, which is mm-hmm. also on this album. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think this could be tough, but I think I'm leaning Weezer. Mm, interesting. By the way, you know what lingers about? It's about crop dusting a room. <laughs> oh, boy. 
<laughs> Got him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm leaning here. I think I'm. I think I'm probably leaning cranberries more than Weezer. Yeah, it is the holiday season, so that makes sense. <laughs> um, but yes, that is. Uh, so that's our first quadrant there. I think uh, this is obviously a lot of big albums to get to. Uh, but this uh, already this first quadrant very very interesting and I think Ready to Die is the favorite but I don't know I I think there's probably three others two or three others that still have a chance yeah I I don't know I don't know so uh, that's that's all I got for this week do you got anything else my friend I don't all right well. For everyone out there in the Pop Tournaments universe, please keep on voting and keep on popping. Pop, pop. I love it when you call me John Pop. Uh... <laughs> <laughs>